It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, how's it going? It's Josh Marion and Matt McCarthy from 98.5 The Sports Hub. How you doing, man? Josh, always good to be on it. They're doing well. All righty, yeah, yeah. I love, love having you on. We're going to talk some baseball here. Um, probably start with, uh, probably start with some, you know, with some Hall of Fame talk. I mean, that was pretty interesting. Mariano Rivera being the first unanimous Hall of Famer. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like it should have happened a long time ago. Uh, he's obviously very deserving, first and foremost. Let's get that out there. I mean, Mariano Rivera is absolutely deserving of the unanimous sure. selections in the Hall of Fame. Uh, should he have been the first? No. Does this mean he's the greatest player in the history of baseball, which I guess technically the writers are saying? Uh, no. But, you know, it's, it's not Mariano Rivera's fault that Babe Ruth only got 95% of the vote, that Ted Williams only got 95% of the vote, that Willie freaking Mays, the greatest all-around player in the history of baseball, only got 95% of the vote. Ken Griffey didn't get, you know, missed it by three votes. Like, that's not Mariano Rivera's fault. So, you know, we shouldn't really hold that against Mariano Rivera. He's absolutely a deserving candidate. I'm glad it's over with. I'm, I'm glad this silliness has stopped. I'm sure Jeter will be unanimous this year, too. And I hope that we oh, eventually Jeter's get to the be. point where, if Rivera is, I mean, we all know how the writers will just blow Derek Jeter and anybody associated with the late 90s uh, Yankees <laughs> dynasty. And, 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 and not to say that. And not to say that, you know, Derek Jeter isn't deserving of that, uh, because he is. He's a unanimous Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, there are guys who are just unanimous Hall of Famers. It should have happened a long time ago. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad the silliness has finally, uh, you know, been, you know, the Hall of Fame has been written of that. And I'm glad we can move forward on that. See, I'm kind of out on Ken Griffey for being the, I, 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 I see with like maybe a second year, but I mean, he, in his Reds years, he was just so broken down and injured. And I was I was real young when he was crushing it with the Mariners, so I probably didn't get to uh, really appreciate those type of years. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you grew up in in the era that I did, uh, you idolized Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, he was the king yeah. of cool. He was the face of baseball. He's the last, in many ways, true superstar that baseball had. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr was probably the most recognizable sports figure in the country at that time, along with Michael Jordan. It was Jordan and Griffey 1-2, however you want to put it. Uh, Griffey wow. is you know, one of the great all-around players in the history of the game. He could do it all. I mean, he's a great home run hitter. He had 630 home runs. He batted 284. Like, I mean, Griffey was as good as they came. He was the best center fielder in baseball. Like, he was incredible. <laughs> No, Griffey, Griffey was absolutely deserving. I mean, the home runs, the home runs speak for themselves. And, and you have to assume he's, he's one of the clean players. Uh, what about the other guys, man? Uh, what about uh, Edgar Martinez, uh, Halliday, and Messina? How do you feel about those guys getting in? First and foremost on Roy Halliday, I think he was absolutely deserving of, of a first ballot selection. Here was a guy who was one of the best pitchers in baseball for a decade and for many of those years was the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, some of the, the 
Fractors will say, well, look at the win total. He only had like 203 wins. Yeah, well, look at the, team he, played, the first team he played on, you know? Right. Look at the teams he played on, and look at the era in which he played. Halliday is the first pitcher from the you – know, once you turn the century, we're not going to – and we're not going to see guys get 300 wins anymore. You know, the last you know pitchers that you're going to see get 300 wins were the Maddoxes and, the, you know, and you know, Glavins and, and, you know, Roger Clemens of the world. And, you know, those were – you know, those guys were going to get 300 wins, but – not in this era. <laughs> With the era that Halliday pitched in, you know, we might never see, you know, a guy get to 300 wins again. So we need to throw that number out, that benchmark number. Um, you know, and so don't hold the wins against him. This guy was the best pitcher in baseball for a long, long time. Cy Young's in both leagues. He was a workhorse in an era where there were no workhorses. Uh, so you know, he's absolutely deserving. A perfect game in October. Uh, you know, that puts him on an extremely short list. Uh, Roy Halladay was absolutely deserving of a first ballot Hall of Fame selection. Martinez and Mucina are where I really have a problem with this ballot. I mean, Martinez, only 309 home runs. 309 home runs for a power hitter? You can't do that. Or a designated hitter, I should say, in the steroid era. And that guy didn't hit 20 home runs until he hit 32 years old and then hit 20 home runs for the rest of his career? Like, okay, I'm sorry, how did that happen? And then Mike Mucina wasn't even a top seven starting pitcher in his era. Pedro was better. Roger Clemens was better. Uh, Randy Johnson was better. Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, and Schilling all were better. And if you want to put him in Sabathia's era and Halliday's era, because there was a lot of crossover between those two pitchers and Mucina too, this guy's barely even cracking the top ten. Never won a Cy Young, never even came close, only had one top three Cy Young Award uh, voting finish, and that was in 1999 when he finished second to Pedro Martinez, which is like finishing second to Secretariat at the Belmont. Like, you're not even close. <laughs> Mike Mucina as a Hall of Famer. This guy was never, ever the best pitcher in baseball, was never even in the top five, top six, top seven. You can't put that guy in there. I'm sorry. And when you look at his ERA, too, 78th out of 81 in the Hall of Fame. Not a Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm with you on Messina, but I'm, I kind of disagree on Edgar Martinez, I, and it also paves the way for, you know, David Ortiz, who, who has, you know, he, David Ortiz hit more home runs, but he had a lesser, you know, average, I think, than Edgar Martinez, because Ed, Edgar Martinez, I think, finished with like a 312 average, and, and, and you know, when I was looking back on his career, you know, just memories-wise, he, he was deadly, like, every time he came up to the plate, I, I was pretty scared, man, Um yeah, Martinez. Martinez was was a great hitter. Um, there's there's a difference between a Hall of Very Good and a Hall of Fame. And Edgar Martinez, to me, is the classic Hall of Very Good guy. You know, the stats just aren't there. Yeah, he had a good average. He hit three twelve. No more Garcia Torres hit three twelve and played the field. Larry Walker hit three twelve. Had a higher OPS uh, than Edgar Martinez. Todd Helton hit three sixteen. Had a higher OPS had more home runs, had more everything, and, oh, yeah, played gold glove first base. Edgar Martinez does not have the stats. And listen, I'm not anti-TH, but when you only have 309 home runs as a designated hitter, there needs to be something else. And, yeah, I don't care if he's 32nd all-time in OPS. Larry Walker has a better OPS. Todd Helton has a better OPS. A bunch of guys who aren't Hall of Famers have a better OPS than Edgar Martinez. 30-second all-time? Give me a break with that. Okay, it's a, it's a cute little 933 OPS. That That's nice. 
He was a very good hitter. Hall of very good, not Hall of Fame. Holy smokes, Todd Helton. So is Todd Helton out of the voting as well? Or I'm, no, Todd Helton. You know, and, and I I want to check. I believe Todd Helton is this is his first year on the ballot. And to be honest, I, I don't know what he got. I'm gonna have to look that up here real quick. Uh, don't worry about it. Certified he, Hall of Famer to me, definitely. Especially if Messina's getting in. Like Jesus. Well. I, but, but here's the problem. When you're letting all these guys in, it lowers the bar and it lowers the standard for other players. And when you're talking about, you know, Todd Helton was a really nice ball player, there's a, there's a real course field element there. And the same with Larry Walker. Uh, when you're letting guys like Edgar Martinez in, all of a sudden, you know, it, that opens the door for three more guys. And that's where I draw the line. I'm a small hall guy. I want him to be the best of the best. If I have to think too much about your candidacy, chances are you're not a Hall of Famer. That's how I approach it. So steroid guys, you, you have steroid guys in there too? I do, because you can't determine who was on the juice Thank and who was you. off the juice. So, I mean, Ed- Edgar Martinez, again, look at, look at his numbers starting at age 32, and then all of a sudden he starts hitting for power. Gee, I wonder how that happened. But we're going to put him in the Hall <laughs> of Fame. And we're going to keep Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Manny Ramirez out. We're going to keep the poster Thank children of the steroid era out. And the guys who, you know, like Edgar Martinez, just kind of weren't good enough to, you know, for people to really care, for people to really dig into, we're going to let them in the Hall of Fame. Like Jeff Bagwell had, the, he had biceps the size of a small European nation. Mike was still Piazza. Like linebacker. Mike Piazza was on the juice. Yvonne uh, Rodriguez. There's been plenty of you know chatter about him being on the juice. You cannot Jack. determine who was who was doing it and who wasn't. Put the best players in. Leave the best of the rest out. That is exactly how you need to do it. All right. Now let's switch gears. Let's let's talk a little uh, actual you know Yankees, Red Sox, just overall type stuff. Um, other other MLB topics. I mean, it's, it's January. Actually, let's start off with this, actually. This is good. I mean, this is the most burning MLB topic on, on anybody's mind. It's, it's January 28, 2019, 3.18 in the afternoon, and Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, with three weeks until spring training, still haven't signed anywhere. What, what's going on with that? It's a big-time problem for baseball. You know, the sport is too slow in the actual game, and the offseason has become too slow, too. You know, Josh, you remember, I mean, uh, the hot stove in baseball used to be the best off season in all of sports. Oh I mean, my that's, God! There was there was that level of excitement. Lived, you know, you remember it. the A Rod winter. You know, I mean, there's been so mm-hmm. much that has happened in baseball. You know, and you know the winter meetings in 2000 and A Rod signs in Texas and the Red Sox get Manny Ramirez and the Yankees get Mike Mussina. Like you remember those winters, and we've been talking up and building up this winter for years now and nothing has happened. There needs to be some type of deadline. There needs to be some type of impetus to get these players to sign and to get these teams to be aggressive. Like, you know, I'm expecting Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to sign somewhere in spring training at this point. This is hurting the game. It's Super Bowl week. You know, if Bryce Harper or Manny Machado signs this week, and I, I mean, I guess that could happen because the offseason's winding down, nobody's going to pay attention because it's Super Bowl week. You know, there's... Nobody's going to be talking about this in March, and you know, and it's just you got to have that, you know, that winter meetings type thing. Hey, it's the first week of December. You know, this is when everything happens. This is where all the action is in baseball. The winter meetings used to have that. Like that was must watch, must follow. Three, four days of all right. This is where it's all going to happen. And if it didn't happen, something generally happened after that. You know, or you felt like you were really getting close, and there was something to really, you know, sink your teeth into. 
there's been none of that. It's a significant problem for baseball. So the so the Machado rumors are obviously been him going to the White Sox, and the latest I've heard is the Padres. That was on a MLB Network. Um, I mean, I, I you know it would really stink if he went to the White Sox, being in the American League, but. I think that would be his best decision. What about what do you think? Well, I think it's best for baseball if he ends up in Philadelphia or New York. Um, you know, even though the White Sox obviously play in you know a huge media market, you know they're they're the number two team there. It'd be like Machado going to the Mets or something. But I mean, the White Sox mm-hmm. are, are are so irrelevant on the landscape of baseball, and they have been you know essentially since the Black Sox, Black Sox scandal. I mean, to be totally honest, they've never really been a relevant franchise. I don't think that's good for baseball if he ends up there. Um, I think if he ends up in, in New York, I mean, baseball's biggest villain on the Yankees. I mean, not that I necessarily want that as a Red Sox fan, but just as a baseball fan, that's good for the game. Uh, I kind of I mean, do. That is, yeah, I kind of do. You know, that's that's good and that's healthy for baseball. Like, oh, God. I mean, doesn't Manny Machado belong in pinstripes? Like, what a despicable, despisable ball player Manny Machado is. And would oh boy, wouldn't he look just so dirty in pinstripes? Just that you know that that evil pinstripe thing. And there's Manny Machado, Bill. the face of everything that is wrong with baseball in the uniform that sums up everything that's wrong about baseball. Oh, uh. that's so good. That's so that's such a good story. It really is. I, there's a part of me that hope he hopes he ends up there. So, what would be your limit on on Machado and Harper, both of those guys, years in uh, salary? What would you say for those guys? What would you give them? You know, at this point, you know, you're thinking, okay, Manny Machado is going to get that ten year, three hundred million dollar deal, and Harper is going to get the, you know, the John Carlos Stanton. He's going to get three hundred twenty five million. Um, at this point, I have a hard time seeing those guys getting either of that. I, as much as I dislike Manny Machado. I'd actually be more willing to pay him than I would Bryce Harper. I, I think Bryce Harper is the most overrated player in baseball. This is this is an up and down player. Yes, I get that he has that that kind of star power, or at least you know something close to it in in 2019 baseball standards. Uh, star power. I, I don't think this guy is is the player that everybody makes him up to be. Just again, go to his baseball reference page and see the ups and downs in his career. Has he had a couple mm-hmm. of MVP worthy seasons? Yes. Has he had some seasons where you know, he's certainly not that. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't give him $300 million. And at this point, there's no market. I wouldn't give Manny Machado $300 million either. You know, but they're saying that Machado is hovering around $175 million. That's his offer from White Sox. That's less than, that's less than Jason Hayward's making in Chicago. You can get Manny Machado for, you know, for that type of money or, you know, somewhere north of that, $200 million, $225 million. Like, teams should be all over that. You know, there should be more market for for that guy at, at that type of price. You know, and, and one seventy five. I, I like didn't know it was that type of offer. Uh, yeah, I, I wow. think he gets more than that. But I believe Heyman tweeted that out a week or two. Yeah, the offer was one seventy five, and you know, I think that's Josh. I think that's why you're seeing a team like the Padres all of a sudden get involved. Like, wait, hold on, we can we can compete. You know, we can we can compete with that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. All right, so now let's move on to the Yankees bullpen. I want to get your take on this. Uh, there was this guy, Matthew Orso, uh, from FanCredit, wrote an wrote article, could the 2019 Yankees have the best bullpen in MLB history? I mean, they have, they have some guys who can freaking throw that ball 100 miles per hour. Um, I mean, you know the guys, Araldus Chapman, Batances, Britton, Adam Onovino. 
Chad Green, Jonathan Holder. What do you, what do you think, McCarthy? Well, here's the thing. We've been That's hearing about or? the Yankees' bullpen. Uh, best in baseball history, I'd say let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. That, that's a good bullpen. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, let's not anoint them as the 1990 Cincinnati Reds or something just yet because we've been hearing about how good that Yankees bullpen is for years. And it's true. They are good. But I'm not so sure I'm sold on Zach Britton, you know, and we'll see how he, he is in the second year back from the Achilles injury. Uh, I didn't think he was all that great for them last year. Chapman can walk the world. Patances can walk the world. Yeah, when those guys are on, uh, they're they're fantastic. But to me, David Robertson was the best and most reliable guy they had in that bullpen. I love me some David Robertson. I, I think he's as reliable and as solid as they come in a bullpen. And he's gone now. Um, Adam Montavino is a nice replacement there. Uh, but is he David Robertson? You know, I'm not quite sure. Because, you know, Robertson has proven that he's been there and done that. And as much as I like Adovino's stuff, that guy was a puddle in October. What's going to happen when 60,000 Yahoo Yankee fans are, you know, booing your ass off the mound? How do you react to that? Maybe he reacts fine and he's as good as he was last year for the Rockies. Maybe he doesn't. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on that Yankees bullpen, uh, but it sure as hell better than than the Red Sox bullpen. That's for sure. So is that the that, that's the story in Adovino? He's not a big game pitcher. I mean, I don't really know too much about him. That's yeah. 243 ERA last season out of the bullpen, correct? Yeah, 77.2 innings, 112 strikeouts. What's his ERA plus, Steph McCarthy? I'm looking at this ERA <laughs> plus. What? What the oh, hell? Oh God, this? I don't know. I I don't I don't know. You know what? I I use my two eyes <laughs> and I see. I'm used you know, the to batting average, OPP. You know, like yeah, simple you know, stuff. Like, look, if I need an advanced degree from MIT to figure something out, I'm not going to figure it out because I'm a simpleton, you know. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to look. Yeah, you know, I'm going to look with my eyes. I'm going to look at the stats that you know are, have worked in baseball for a hundred years. Uh, and ERA is pretty good. Uh, I like WHIP. WHIP's a nice little stat. Um, listen, Adam Bonavino is a good pitcher, and he's got nasty stuff. He's got a good breaking ball, like. Adovino is a really, really good pitcher, and he had a great year in Colorado last year. And anybody who's successful in that ballpark as a pitcher, you know, you certainly have to take notice. I also took See, notice of him. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I also took notice of him struggling in the wild card game and struggling in the divisional round. And you say, okay, well, how does he handle the moment? Because that, that's so much. Uh, it's uh, such a big part of being a relief pitcher is, is having, you know, the mentality, having the balls, having Absolutely. the guts you know, to, to go in there at Yankee Stadium and get three outs. Still the toughest place in sports to get three outs, particularly as a, as a visitor. But if things aren't going well for you, it's tough if you're wearing those pinstripes too. So let's see how he handles it. Yeah, I mean, so it doesn't sound like you think it's going to be a seven-inning game against the Yankees. Because, that, I mean, that's, that's one of the questions I want to ask you as well. Is that how other teams have to look at it now against the Yankees? You have to play seven innings against them. Uh, on certain nights, absolutely, it's a seven-inning game against them. Uh, you know, is, is Batances not walking the world? Is Chapman, you know, not walking the world? Is, you know, Britain back to being the pitcher that he was or something close to it with the Orioles? You know, you know what, what are you getting from Adovino? There's... There's a lot of talent there. There's probably like one through seven, probably no bullpen that's as talented as that Yankees team. On paper. But I think they've got some questions on paper. They've got some health yeah, questions. Yeah. They've got control questions. They've got, you know, Absolutely. some you know, mentality questions with the new guys. Like, I mean, they're, 
there's some things there that they still need to figure out. I'm not predicting a disaster or anything. I, I'm just saying pump the brakes a little bit. I, I want to see it for a month or two before I really jump in on that Yankees bullpen. All right, so now we'll talk Sox. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the Nesson stuff, the town hall meetings or anything like that. Dabrowski was pretty much saying, oh, yeah, we got guys that are going to, you know, outperform what they did last season. They're coming in in their primes. Um, you know, what say you about that? Because, I mean, that, I mean that's what anybody can say. But, um, you know, they do have a good roster. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, it, we're not going to win a World Series going closer by committee. Probably not, uh, but you know, at the same time, we didn't think they were going to win a World Series with the bullpen group they were trotting out there. Uh, but that being said, they're still they're missing, as of right now, two key members of their bullpen. Craig Kimbrell obviously was good in the regular season before he was a disaster in October. And Kelly became probably their best bullpen arm, uh, at least you know, late in October. So that's something they're going to have to address. Uh, but there's a, a long history of teams going out and finding closers at the deadline. And it kind of seems that's what the Red Sox are going to do. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Kimbrell returning to on some type of one-year deal. Um, his market is absolutely nothing right now. There's a lot to be determined with this Red Sox bullpen. I would have liked to have seen them maybe you know get a little bit more involved in an Adam Ottavino type of signing. Uh, you know there have been some you know lower-end bullpen signings. You know that okay, you're not going to spend you know, 25 million on Joe Kelly the way the Dodgers did, but. And can you find somebody else to replace him? Like, I thought the Andrew Miller deal was pretty reasonable for him in St. Louis. Injury concerns there, sure, but I wouldn't have hated to see the Red Sox spend that money on at least one bullpen arm. But, you know, it's also possible that they can make a trade, too. Um, Three of their top prospects are all third basemen. So somebody's got to go there, one would think. Uh, So it's it's possible that they make a deal in July. I I don't think this is the bullpen you're going to see in September the one that you see now. It's possible. I mean, he, he's a name that comes Michael up. Chavis? Absolutely. Uh, uh, Michael Chavis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got Chavis, Bobby Dahlbeck, and Tristan Cassius are your three top hitting prospects. They all play. We already teams. have Devers, Somebody, you know. Somebody's going somewhere. Right. So right. We don't, you know, we don't I, need I, too many third basemen. Brock Holt can play third base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody's going from that group at some point. Yeah, see, I think Chavis would need he would need some he would need some more time. I, I think you know coming off that steroid suspension, he he hit, he he hit fairly well down there. He, he had some he smacked some balls. I, I saw him down there with the spinners and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, getting back to everything else, I mean, the, the the I don't think there's too many holes in the Red Sox lineup either. So so Dustin Pedroia has a place on this team, correct? Yeah, he does, and you know. The, Ah. You bring up Michael Chavis. You, you bring up Chavis, and that's interesting because this is something that hasn't got, uh, gotten old. Yeah, I don't like Pedroia. I don't like Pedroia having a role on this team. Like, it, you know, I, I there's no way to move him either because I, I don't know. I, I just think um, that whole that whole stuff with Manny Machado and the you know the, that in Baltimore that day that that that, stuff, that really turned me off, man. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And, you know, you can't count on Dustin Pedroia just based on the knee injury that he's had and the knee surgery that he's had. There's no real track record of somebody coming back from that particular procedure. And, you know, he and Stephen Wright, they had the same surgery and both have not been able to stay healthy. So, you know, they need to have contingency plans. And their contingency plans right now are Holt and Nunez, which is basically what they did 
all of last year. And it's notable that they said Michael Chavis, who's a third baseman, has been a corner infielder. He's seen time at, time at first base. They say he's going to play some second base at Pawtucket. So, you know, there's your internal option. If Chavis is really hitting well and shows he can feel the position enough, you might see Michael Chavis come up and play some second base for this team. That boy needs to lose some weight to do that. I saw him in person, Manny. <laughs> He's not a second baseman at all. Uh, Co- college, college shortstop, I believe. But yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, he doesn't I, look, I he didn't interesting... look like that last time I saw him. Um, <laughs> Must be the stuff he tested positive for. Booties, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, real quick on on Marwin Gonzalez before we get to the Patriots. Uh, is that a guy you would covet in free agency that, that you wish, like, if you put that guy in the Red Sox lineup, you know, with that bet, Benintendi, you know, obviously J.D., Marwin Gonzalez, you know, that that would be pretty good, man, you know. That would just yeah, that'd give me a yeah, pants I, down I like, for sure. I like the versatility there. I mean, it, it's hard not to like the versatility. I think the Astros, switch I think hitter, Gonzalo's right? got a... Gonzalez is a switch hitter, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, I, I believe he's a switch hitter. Uh, yeah, he is a switch hitter because he had a home run off of Price as a righty. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, the Red Sox were able to contain him in that series. You know, I mean, it depends on what, what the cost would be. But again, it's the Boston Red Sox. Marwin Gonzalez is a nice, nice little ball player, can play all over the field. You know, he's kind of the better Brock Holt. Uh, you know, maybe somewhere in between the Brock Holt and Ben Zobris type of scale. Uh, but Gonzalez is, is a nice player. He really is. Um, you know, if they could, and, and Cora has obviously a lot of familiarity with him. He's an interesting name. You know, it's a name that I haven't thought of enough, but I wouldn't rule it out and I wouldn't hate it if, if they got involved in somebody like Gonzalez. I don't think they will, but if they did, I, I they would not too. hate that. Well, they have the money. They just don't want to spend the money. That's, that's, that's the key. Correct. Yeah, I mean that that's that's what really holds them back a lot of the time, especially lately. But uh, yeah, switching gears to the Patriots and Rams Super Bowl down in Atlanta. You know th- this game's huge. Uh, the Patriots have, have seemed like they they've been thinking they were the underdogs earlier, playing you know the Chargers and the Chiefs. Well, at least against the Chiefs. Um, how, how'd that whole playoff you know run before the Super Bowl treat you? And you know how you feeling going into this game? Yeah, it's uh, pretty impressive, you know, what, they, what they've what they done. I mean, that, that win over the Chiefs is, is, I think, one of the great wins of the Brady-Belichick era. They, to be totally honest, they're not supposed to win that game. You know, the season that they had, uh, the issues that they had, you go into Arrowhead, you beat Mahomes, and Mahomes gives you everything he can give you in that second half, and you take that punch. Uh, that was that was one of the best wins of the Brady-Belichick era. You know, maybe someday we can rank them, and when you do rank them, uh, ranked that one pretty high. <laughs> that was that was a truly spectacular win. And I think, you know, when you win a game like that, kind of say, you know, in many ways that was their Super Bowl. It, winning that game, it's almost like, not to say they're playing with house money because they're not, they're the Patriots, they're, you know, favored in this game. But I, I just feel so much more confident in this team heading into the Super Bowl as a result of that game in Kansas City. I, I feel like they're going to win this game. I really do. I like the matchup. I don't think Jared Goff's going to torch them. Then again, I didn't think backup quarterback was going to torch them for 41 points last year. Fool me once, you know, shame on you, right? I mean, but I really, I really do think they're going to contain Jared Goff, and I think they win this game. I feel very good about it. 
does that Rams defensive, you know, front seven at least, maybe front four, the, you know, those defensive tackles and ends, do they, do they scare you? Does Do guys like Tlaib and Peters scare you? I know I know, Peters yeah. has, hasn't been ranked too high, but, Tlaib, you know, and as far as, like, I wanted your take on this as well, you know, who do you think is the better trash-talking team? Because I think, I, I think that's an underrated element in sports, man, trash-talking. Yeah, you know, and, and you're hearing a lot of chirping from both sides, and you generally don't hear that a lot from Patriots, but you know, the Chung comments and uh, the Marcus Cannon comments that were caught on, on the video in the locker room, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't feel like a, a Patriots-type uh, approach heading into the game. Uh, yeah, that defensive line is the one thing that gives me pause because Aaron, Aaron Donald is a game wrecker, and if you want to wreck a game, you do it by coming up the middle against Tom Brady, and that's what he can do. If they contain Donald, if they keep Brady clean, and again, that offensive line has been the best unit on this Patriots team consistently from week one to now. If they keep Tom Brady clean, they will not lose this game. That is the only yeah, way I see know, the Rams this winning point, this game. No sacks, no sacks given up in the playoffs. So how many sacks yep. you got the Rams getting? I'll, put, I'll set the over-under at two and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they have two sacks. I think the Patriots find a way to contain them. You know, wow. but sacks and hurries. You know, there's a there's a difference. I mean, Brady plays a role in that too. I mean, nobody's better at getting the ball out, you know, than Brady. So, uh, you know, I I'll set I'll set it at two. And I, I think if they contain if they keep the pocket clean, they win this game. All right. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I I, I you know Brandon Cooks. You know, we'll see how he does in this game. I, you know, if the Rams had Cooper Cup, I think that's an un, you know injuries for the for that Rams team. Uh, is Gurley is Gurley going to be a hundred percent right? You know, um, you know, game plan wise, you know, I don't know if you heard about. Uh, I was watching Zoe and Beetle earlier, and they were saying uh, Belichick was uh, you know texting McVay after like virtually every game and saying you know you know wishing him you know congratulations and stuff. So. Um, don't know if there's a type of mind game going on. There's, there's always mind games going on with, the, with, with everything like that. But, um, you know, I guess we'll get you, you know, you got any closing thoughts? Well, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, you know, getting traded as a, you know, actually let's talk about this real quick. I know you're up against it, but there's no chance that Gordon Hayward can get traded, right? I mean, right. Not, not, not with the way he's playing and not with his contract. And the Celtics he has no value. They, he's he's no going to get better. Right listen, now. listen, it's an unfortunate situation for the Celtics, for Hayward, you know, for everybody. I mean, you know, there are no winners here. Uh, you know, so you, you hope that, you know, Hayward finds a way to get his game back. Yeah, I, I'm interested with the Anthony Davis thing because, let's be honest, they can't get him unless they trade Kyrie Irving. How truly confident are they that Kyrie stays? You know, this is, this is kind of put up or shut up time because if – if they tra- if they trade Kyrie to you know New Orleans, I mean that's the best deal right there. If they put Kyrie on the table and the Pelicans one get for him, one, one for I mean there you go, they, you know. So how confident are you that Kyrie's sticking around? If if there's a doubt, if there's a doubt that Kyrie's not sticking around and is going to New York, you have to think long and hard about making that deal. And listen, I think Kyrie's a transformative player. Obviously, Anthony Davis is too. <laughs> but if there if there are any doubts you might have to make that deal. You, you really do, and I, I don't think that's getting talked about enough because I think people are just still assuming that Kyrie is going to be here. I certainly hope that's the case, but if he's not, you know, that's the determination that you have to make. I mean, these are, these are the defining moments in, you know, a franchise, 
when you have to make a decision like that, and Danny Ainge is going to have to, you know, truly know, or truly, you know, get a sense as to what he should do here, and that's uh, it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating. It really is. I mean, that's that's injury prone player for injury prone player. So I mean, I rather take the big guy than the small guy. Point guards are they're like the, they're like the running backs of the NBA. That that's how I feel about point guards, especially there's there's so many good point guards out there. But I just remembered what I wanted to, to you know send you out with. We'll get you out of here on this. So do you think the Holy Trinity returns for the Patriots and Belichick, Brady, and Gronk, they all return? Uh, I think I think two of the three return. I think this is Rob Gronkowski's final game. Uh, yeah, I, think I, don't, he... I don't, you know, Tom Brady was just like, yeah, this ain't my last season. Gronk's like, yeah, you know, this is my quarterback, man. I want to play for him, you know. I, 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 think, I think the people have said, you know, get him in a room, close doors, pop a bottle of wine or something. You know, Brady's like, come on, Gronk, like, let's do this, baby. Like, you got time to do the WWE stuff. Come on, man. He's he's gonna come back. <laughs> I th- I think I really I really do think that. Yeah, Gronkowski sort of floated retirement out there, yeah, as maybe a contract ploy last off season. But I, they I do think they played Dwayne with... Allen McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, but here's here's the thing. I think he is concerned about his health. And he is concerned about his his long term well being because this guy has had three serious legitimate back surgeries. He's had concussions. He's had the broken arm. He's had you know the ankle problem this year. He had the torn you know the torn up knee. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure from his family too to say you know Rob Rob don't you know don't don't ruin the rest of your life for this. If he goes out on top has a good Super Bowl and the Patriots win, I think it becomes a lot easier for him to walk away. He sounds like a man who's very much at peace and I think you can you can feel that he's feeling like I'm I'm losing it and I don't wanna I don't want to be a shell of myself. I think he's gone. I do. I think Brady and Belichick are back. I think Gronkowski's gone. If if that's the way it is, if he's if he's trying to look after his body, I guess I have to respect that. Um you know, I know you're up against it, you gotta do things. I appreciate the time so much, man. Um, it's Josh Marion. It's Matt McCarthy from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Um, hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, we're out of here. Uh, thanks for joining me again, man. Josh, always good to be on with you anytime. All right, brother. Take care. Hey, good stuff. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.